Spider-Man rejoins the MCU, and even more. Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing partner of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we have a bit of a celebration, not just to celebrate the fact that if you're listening or watching to Virtual Legality, you knew a little bit about this before it happened today, but also to discuss the background of what happened, why the media, both in entertainment and video games and pop culture, shouldn't be so quick to jump on any given thing on a superficial level that comes out of a corporation or out of a press release from a corporation because there are things to read between the lines. There are things to see about how they say, what they say, when they say it, where they say it, because today we have a little bit of news on Spider-Man. Obviously, if you clicked on this video, you probably already know what that is, but I do want to give that background. So earlier this summer, I made a video called Sony, Disney, Spidey, and Feige, A Study in Brinksmanship. And that video, highly recommend checking it out. I think it's still good information about how corporations act when they're in negotiation, who walks away from the table, what leverage means in a multi, multi-million dollar deal like this. Over the summer, you had Sony and you had Disney split up over the Spider-Man property. Marvel has licensed Spider-Man to Sony for decades now. Sony has had some success in the Sam Raimi era, much more limited success in the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man era that followed it, and massive, massive success after they teamed up with Marvel and the Marvel Cinematic Universe to include Spider-Man in the Avengers side of things and to have Marvel help them make their own Spider-Man movies over at Sony. They made a ton of money. This video goes into details about how much money they made. But suffice it to say, they broke up because Disney was no longer satisfied with the deal. They were getting 5% of first dollar gross, which didn't amount to that much money overall. It did amount to a lot of money just solely for allowing Kevin Feige to work on the Spider-Man series. It It was well paid for only that role. But Disney wanted more. They felt Spider-Man was much more useful to Sony than they, he was to the Avengers series. So they said, hey, let's, let's get some more money for this because Sony's making a lot of money on this and we think we deserve a bigger cut. So that was the state of play over the summer. But one of the things I said was the basics of leverage here are that if you're not willing to walk away from the table, the other side can ask whatever it wants of you. So when Disney asks for all that extra money, Sony can walk away. Absolutely. Disney can walk away. Absolutely. But it doesn't mean that the deal is over, that it's brinksmanship, which is a game theory economics term, which means, hey, we threaten mutually assured destruction. We go with the nuclear option because we don't actually want either side to be destroyed. And so we will come back to the table at some point. We threaten this apocalyptic event. And to some extent, in order to make that threat realistic, to make it real on the other side's eyes, then you have to actually walk away from the table. And that's what we saw over the summer. And I said in this video, well, there's a lot, a lot of money here. And it's very rare for corporations of this size and magnitude to get emotional about something like this and to walk away from that giant pot of money. So it was my strong suspicion that they would come back to the table at some point in time. Towards the end of last month, That appeared to be problematic. This was actually a tweet that IGN put out there that said, breaking, this is at the end of August, August 24th, Tom Holland and Kevin Feige confirm, keep in mind that word confirm, that Spider-Man will not return to the MCU. Now, I read this story. I looked at the comments that were coming out of the, the Walt Disney D23 Expo, what Tom Holland was saying, what Kevin Feige was saying. 
And I took a look at that and I made another video. I made a video that said, hey, public service announcement, regardless of what you might be hearing on the internet from IGN and from others that kind of parroted that statement, Spider-Man's MCU future is still very much up in the air because that's how corporations work. Even if you're negotiating something behind the scenes, the public facing view has to be, there is no contract right now which if you went and you looked at those statements that were made in August, you would see that's what Kevin Feige and Tom Holland said. They essentially have to project out when asked about their future as if nothing changed, that there were no new contracts, no new licenses. And if that is their future, those are the, those are the questions that they have to answer. That's how they have to answer those questions. And so that's what you saw. You saw Kevin Feige saying, hey, we had a great run with Spider-Man, had a, had a great time. We're going to move on through the Avengers and we wish him the best of luck. You had Tom Holland say much the same thing, saying, I grew up in the MCU. I grew up with Disney. I'm so thankful for them for casting me. Uh, But, you know, Sony's a great company, and obviously they're going to write my paychecks now, and so I love them to death. And this was taken from many corners of the internet as confirmation that Spider-Man was never going to be in the MCU ever again. That, of course, changed this morning when Variety announced that Sony and Marvel make up companies will produce third Spider-Man film. Sony Pictures and Marvel have found a way to get back in the Spider-Man business together. On Friday, the two companies jointly announced that Marvel Studios and its president, Kevin Feige, will produce the third film in the Spider-Man Homecoming Far From Home series. It will once again feature Tom Holland reprising his role as the title character. The rumor mill had roared back to life this week with hints that the two companies were close to brokering a new agreement. Over the summer, the background that we just talked about, This new film is scheduled for release on July 16th, 2021, which, if you're familiar with how movies are made, means that that script is probably just about ready, that they had always planned to make this Spider-Man movie, and that Disney, in all likelihood, viewed that as a significant leverage point for asking for more money. This thing looks like it's pretty close to being ready for production, if not pre-production at this point in time. And so what you saw at the end of this summer... What you saw even yesterday when we're talking about Kevin Feige having conversations about potentially doing a Star Wars movie, having more creative involvement at Lucasfilm, all of this is happening at once. Marvel, Lucasfilm, Kevin Feige, Disney, Sony, Spider-Man, the Avengers, all of this is happening at once. And Disney is, at at bare minimum, regardless of what you think of their creative output, they are a good, well-run business organization that generally can pivot and make moves based on maximizing return on investment, and they knew this was a high leverage point for them in the immediate predecessing period before the actual Spider-Man movie starts to get made. And so they knew that Sony had this script. They knew that Sony was ready to, to move on making this Homecoming 3, Far From Home, Broken Home, Home Alone, whatever it might be called. And they knew that, and they said, now's the time to ask for more money. And that's why you saw this happen. I said to a couple of responders to my earlier videos and on Twitter and elsewhere that I I saw that there were two windows that Sony and Disney would get back together on this because I did say all along that they would get back together on this. There was simply too much money at stake. I said there were two windows this summer right now when they have the initial breakup and divorce or immediately prior to starting production on the next Spider-Man movie because that production period was going to be when Spider-Man was either in the MCU or whether he wasn't. And you couldn't really go into making that movie without having a complete divorce or a return, a makeup, as this is described in Variety. And that actually, I didn't realize at the time, was essentially the same window. If this movie is to be released July 16th, 2021, two years from now, 
That means that now is the time. Now is that second window. It was also the first window, but Disney knew that. Sony knew that, and they've gotten back together again. Now, one thing that we don't see in these articles right now, and I will be interested to see in the future, is we don't see the deal terms. And in general, you wouldn't need to see the deal terms here, except that they're interesting because of all the, the drama that happened over the summer. So we know Disney was getting 5% of first dollar gross right now for its contributions of Spider-Man, uh, Kevin Feige, and it getting back Spider-Man for purposes of the Avengers. We don't know whether they got 50% like they were asking for earlier, in all likelihood, that was a starting point for negotiations, and Sony and Disney came up with something in the middle, uh, that uh, Disney would contribute a certain amount of costs, but they would get 30% of net. It's hard to say. We might find that out in the future. We might not. We also have here a quote from Kevin Feige, who, remember, as of one month ago, said, oh, we did our stuff with Spider-Man. We had five great movies. We're looking forward to seeing what Sony does with him, but our time has passed, and we told the story that we wanted to tell. Here's what Kevin Feige says now with a new contract sign, with a new future to predict. I am thrilled that Spidey's journey in the MCU will continue, and I and all of us at Marvel Studios are very excited that we get to keep working on it. Spider-Man is a powerful icon and hero whose story crosses all ages and audiences around the globe. He also happens to be the only hero with the superpower to cross cinematic universes. So as Sony continues to develop their own Spideyverse, you never know what surprises the future might hold. And there might be the clue as to what happened as part of these negotiations. Yes, Disney wanted more money. Sony wanted more carte blanche to use Spider-Man on their side of the equation. Not to have Tom Holland's Spider-Man only appear once every couple years and make money for Sony that way, but also potentially to cross over with Venom and Tom Hardy's Venom property with other things that they've got planned. I think they've got Sinister Six. I think they just announced a Madam Web movie. Maybe he appears in the next into the Spider-Verse in animated form. That last sentence to me indicates that Disney has relented on at least part of Tom Holland's appearances in the rest of the Sony Spider-Man universe. Now, does that mean that Disney's going to have some partial creative control over that? I think there has to be at least a, an approval or a, a some context that Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios are able to give to Sony on what Spider-Man can do in those movies, but it's probably not total control. Kevin Feige is, after all, just one man, and now that he's taking on certain of the Star Wars responsibilities, he's got more responsibilities than many, maybe any producer in Hollywood right now. So Sony has to go and make some of these movies themselves with Amy Pascal, other executive producers over at that studio. But you can't have someone that's going to interact with the MCU that's going to have these standalone movies that establish his character just go off and do wacky stuff. So unless they're going to go interdimensional on Venom or something along those lines, which, you know, hey, Into the Spider-Verse maybe allows for, you're going to have to have Marvel have at least a limited say and as what Tom Holland does in the Sony-verse. But the fact that it's referenced here indicates that Disney has relented and is going to allow that to some extent. And that might have been the major tipping point in these negotiations. We don't know because we don't have that information. We also have Amy Pascal, this is on the Sony side, saying this is terrific. Peter Parker's story took a dramatic turn in Far From Home. Spoilers, but we did a post-mortem on it if you're interested. And I could not be happier with we happier. We will all be working together as we see where his journey goes. So both sides are thrilled. They've got economics that they've agreed on. Probably there's a slight change in creative control and whether Tom Holland can appear in all of Sony's various movies that they want to make in the Spider-Verse and exactly what Tom Holland will be doing on the Avengers side of the equation. But overall, 
this is a great day. Just like we talked about la yesterday, Kevin Feige joining the Spider-Man, uh, joining the Star Wars universe is fantastic. Spider-Man coming back to the MCU, I think, is fantastic. I, too, am interested in seeing what they do after the end of Far From Home because I do think there are potential avenues they could take. Some I like, some that I don't. And certainly, I think Tom Holland's Spider-Man is the best depiction of the character put on film as of yet. And I think he would be missed on the Avengers side of the equation. So I look forward to seeing him on that side as well. So, like I said... This video isn't an I told you so. I think a lot of good, smart people analyzing this situation could see that Disney and Sony were likely to come back to the table. But it is a video that I wanted to put out there because I do think it is important to really read what these corporations are saying, what these executives are saying, on the understanding that they can't say a lot if contract negotiations are ongoing, if there are other facets of what's happening internally to their own corporation or at other corporations. And I think all of the reporting on this would be well advised to be a little less breathless, a little less jumping to conclusions, because it's good and important to have good information out there. And a lot of people were getting stressed. I know it's a Spider-Man movie. I know it's comic book movies, but this is important to a lot of people. And the folks that are going to read the IGNs of the world or the Hollywood Reporters or Varieties or wherever else, yeah, I understand clicks are important. It's important to sell advertising. But I think we can still do that. I think that industry can still survive by giving good, concrete information that says, hey, this is the state of play, and also not treating everyone that looks at these, that parses these very closely, like I do in virtual legality and elsewhere, as being some kind of crazed conspiracy theorist. This is the way these communications have to happen. This is the way they wind up happening when they're vetted through legal and public relations and elsewhere. And I think as long as everybody can remember that, we can be happy more often because things like this do happen. Kevin Feige joins Star Wars, Spider-Man comes back to the MCU, and much, much more. We don't need to be outraged all the time. We don't need to only be seeing the negative, and we need to have a greater understanding of how people have to talk when NDAs are involved and when negotiations are ongoing. This has been Virtual Legality for today. A very happy day here in Virtual Legality. If you like this video, please like, please subscribe. Please tell people about it and about these previous videos that we've done, especially on the Spider-Man topic. If you caught this video on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it in its podcast form, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.